Hello, it's me, Steve Durr, and today we're continuing our Axe Audio Podcast, and I'm actually here today with my daughter, Autumn. Autumn, say hi. Hey. All right, so we're going to read Acts chapter 26 today. So the whole chapter, so stick with me. Paul is at it again. He is still on trial, essentially. He's sharing his faith. He's sharing his story with Felix, as well as now King Agrippa. And so let's hear the story of Paul, his defense of uh, his life and what he's been doing. Acts chapter 26. Then Agrippa, King Agrippa, said to Paul, You may speak in your defense. So Paul, gesturing with his hand, started his defense. I am fortunate, King Agrippa, that you are the one hearing my defense today against all these accusations made by the Jewish leaders. For I know you are an expert on all Jewish customs and controversies. Now please listen to me patiently. As the Jewish leaders are well aware, I was given a thorough Jewish training from my earliest childhood among my own people in Jerusalem. If they would admit it, they know that I have been a member of the Pharisees, the strictest sect of our religion. Now I'm on trial because of my hope in the fulfillment of God's promise made to our ancestors. In fact, that is why the 12 tribes of Israel zealously worship God night and day, and they share the same hope I have. Yet, your majesty, they accuse me from having this hope. Why does it seem incredible to any of you that God can raise the dead? I used to believe that I ought to do everything I could to oppose the very name of Jesus, the Nazarene. Indeed, I did just that in Jerusalem. Authorized by the leading priests, I caused many believers there to be sent to prison, and I cast my vote against them when they were condemned to die. Many times I had them punished in the synagogue to get them to curse Jesus. I was so violently opposed to them that I even chased them down in foreign cities. One day, I was on such a mission to Damascus, armed with the authority and commission of the leading priests. About noon, your majesty, as I was on the road, a light from heaven brighter than the sun shone down on me and my companions. We all fell down, and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is useless for you to fight against my will. Who are you, Lord? I asked. And the Lord replied, I am Jesus, the one you're persecuting. Now get to your feet, for I have appeared to you to appoint you as my servant and witness. Tell people that you have seen me and tell them what I will show you in the future. And I will rescue you from both your people and the Gentiles. Yes, I am sending you to the Gentiles to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Then they will receive forgiveness for their sins and be given a place among God's people who are set apart by faith in me. And so, King Agrippa, I obeyed that vision from heaven. I preached first to those in Damascus, then in Jerusalem and throughout all Judea, and also to the Gentiles, that all must repent of their sins and turn to God and prove they have been changed by the good things they do. Some Jews arrested me in the temple for preaching this, and they tried to kill me. But God has protected me right up to this present time so I can testify to everyone, from the least to the greatest. I teach nothing except what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer and be the first to rise from the dead. 
and in this way announced God's light to Jews and Gentiles alike. Suddenly, Festus shouted, Paul, you're insane. Too much studies made you crazy. But Paul replied, I'm not insane, most excellent Festus. What I'm saying is the sober truth. And King Agrippa knows about these things. I speak boldly, for I'm sure these events are all familiar to him, for they were not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do, Agrippa interrupted him. Do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? Paul replied, whether quickly or not, I pray to God that both you and everyone here in this audience might become the same as I am, except for these chains. Then the king, the governor, Bernice, and all the others stood and left. As they went out, they talked it over and agreed. This man hasn't done anything to deserve death or imprisonment. And Agrippa said to Festus, he could have been set free if he hadn't appealed to Caesar. Paul once again has an opportunity to share his story of how he encountered Jesus and how Jesus totally changed his life. And now he's sharing Jesus with King Agrippa, with Festus, and a whole host of other people. The line that really grabbed my attention in this chapter is found in verse 28. As Paul is passionately sharing Jesus, King Agrippa interrupts him, saying, Do you think you can persuade me to become a Christian so quickly? Other translations actually render this differently from the original language. Other translations say, in a short time, you will persuade me to become a Christian. (laughs) So we're kind of unsure, is Agrippa being sincere here, feeling the heat, feeling the sense, the nudge of God to say yes to Jesus, or is he being sarcastic? We're not quite sure. But you kind of get the sense, essentially what Agrippa is saying here is that, uh, like, keep this up much longer, Paul, and you're going to make a Christian out of me yet. Agrippa here is recognizing that Paul is not just giving a defense for himself. He's not just telling a story. He's sharing Jesus with the hope of helping Agrippa and all those there say yes to Jesus. And we see that Paul is, in fact, doing that. He's seeking to convert Agrippa and all those there. He says to Agrippa, whether quickly or not, I pray to God that both of you and everyone here in this audience might become the same as I am, except for these genes. So Paul is clearly, unapologetically saying that his desire is to help Agrippa and all those present become followers of Jesus and experience what he himself had experienced, new life and radical change found in Jesus. Minus, of course, being like Paul as a prisoner in chains in jail. Here's the thing for us to consider today, and just kind of came to mind for me. I kind of recall the story. I once was speaking with a woman who uh, was, a, was a Christian, was someone who would call herself a Christian. And I had been talking about the importance of reaching out to people who are not yet followers of Jesus and seeking to um, come alongside folks and invite them to follow Jesus. And she said to me something really bold. She said, I don't like it when you talk about people needing to become a Christian. I don't think we should convert anyone. Now, I know that word convert is a loaded word a lot of times, but she said, I don't like it when you talk about people being converted. We shouldn't do that. What I found interesting about this comment was that this woman was trying to convert me 
to her views and beliefs on this subject, but didn't even recognize that she was doing that to me. <laughs> so she's trying to convert me to the idea of not converting anyone. So that was, isn't that ironic, don't you think? So I clearly explained to her then, I said, listen, our faith family, I mean, my goal, my my calling, my sense from God, what, what I believe God's called us to do is to seek to convert people. Unapologetically, we want to help convert people in the sense that we want to lovingly call them to become followers of Jesus, to embrace Jesus, to turn from the way they're living, to turn from the things they put their hope and trust in, and to turn to Jesus. But there is a resistance in our culture to this idea of, of, of seeking to intentionally share Jesus with someone so that they're converted or brought into a relationship with God through Jesus. It's like, keep it to yourself, bro, you know? But the truth is, our culture is a conversion culture. We're all trying to convert one another. Facebook is the ultimate platform for converting the culture. <laughs> we do it all the time. We're converting each other all the time. We share what we care about, what we value from our favorite movies, TV shows, restaurants. You've got to go to this restaurant. It's the best restaurant. You've got to get this. Yeah, don't go there. That's terrible. Go here. We, we try to convert people to different technology. We try to convert people to our hobbies, to vacation spots, to a type of vacation. And we even try to convert one another, unfortunately, in this season with politics. <laughs> that can get messy. We're constantly seeking to move people into what we think is best. And so today, if you're a follower of Jesus, I want to encourage you to lovingly and humbly share Jesus with your words and your way of life and pray, like Paul, that people around you will become followers of Jesus. After all, if we are evangelists about our favorite TV show or restaurant or hobby or politician, we could probably share Jesus, the one who gave his life for us, the one who we've given our lives to, and so who today might you be able to show and share Jesus with and begin to pray for that maybe does not yet know Jesus? And then if you're not a follower of Jesus and you happen to be listening to this podcast, I want you to know, first and foremost, that God loves you. And becoming a follower of Jesus isn't becoming someone you're not. It's really an invitation to become more and more of who God originally designed you to be. And I'm sorry if someone told you about Jesus and shared Jesus in a way that didn't seem like good news and felt more condemning. But I want you to know that God has invited you to be in a relationship with him thanks to Jesus. And new life, forgiveness, and hope is found in him. And I pray that you will say yes to Jesus. And so what's God saying to you today? And what will be your response? Let's pray together. God, thank you for loving the world so much that you gave your one and only son, Jesus, so that whoever would put their hope and trust in him would not perish but have eternal flourishing life. May we share that with other people and may we experience it ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.